Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Ready to start the grind. Let's get right into it. Uh, more gaslighting. Uh, yeah. The border's secure. No but, worries there. No, God, the, I can't believe I heard this. The border is absolutely... I can't believe I heard this. <laughs> it is absolutely not secure. Just ask now the mayors of Washington, D.C. and New York and Chicago, right? I mean, we know this. There are too many people coming in all at once. We don't know who they are. We don't know where they're going. And it's causing chaos and mayhem, not only in border communities, but all across the United States of America. So we've got this going on with record numbers of people trying to get in through the southern border and a record number of people dying as a result. It is absolute chaos. But Vice President Kamala Harris tells Meet the Press that the border, tight as a drum. I think that there is no question that we have to do what the president and I asked Congress to do is the first request we made, pass a bill to create a pathway to citizenship. The border no. is secure. Hold on a second. No. That's not what you talked about. No, what you talked about was the first thing and most important you need to do is get to the root causes. Mm-hmm. That's what you originally said. Now it's changed. To, well, we need a bill. Wait a second. Remember Trump talked about a bill for the Dreamers? Oh, yeah. he was. No one was interested at that time. No, because it would have given him a win because it would have funded his border wall. And I mean, dude, you want to know how to make this crisis go from catastrophic to somehow even worse? Go ahead and give a pathway to citizenship to people who came here illegally. Then you're going to have, you know, you're talking 2 million encounters this year. That's never happened before. Correct. You're going to double that number easily if you just say, okay, pathway to citizenship, no other strings attached. Uh Uh-uh. That's a terrible idea. Of course it is. Everybody knows it. But I guess they have to stick to their talking points at this point, um, and that's what they're doing. But if anyone's paying attention at all, they know this is a load of crap. Go ahead. We'll roll more. But we also have a broken immigration system, in particular over the last four years before we came in. Wait a second. Really? You remember. And we talked about having a secure border. Part of that was a wall. You had wall. You could have finished, but it just sat there collecting rust. Doing nothing. And it needs to be fixed. We're going to have two million people cross this border for the first time ever. You're confident this border is secure? We have a secure border in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. Yes. So dumb. (laughs) What what is what does that even mean? Scott, can you translate that for me? No, I can't because it's gibberish. It doesn't mean anything. It's just McGurkin. It's She's asked a question. She doesn't answer the question she's asked. It's another question that was asked in her brain, apparently, that no one asked verbally. It, that's insanity. What you just heard is a person that's deep into ins- insanity. 
All right, let's listen to it again. It's less than 10 seconds. It won't take that long. We have a secure border. No. And that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. Doesn't make any sense at all. No. Well, I mean, not only is she not the brightest, okay, she's also a liar. So when you put those two things together, then you get that sort of mess. Because she knows the border's not secure. Anyone with a brain knows that. But she has to try to say that it is, just yeah. like the Dorcas, Mayorkas, Department of Homeland and Security. You say the, the border is secure. Right, he said it too. Okay. They know that's not true. It's crazy. So it is secure in that the border, what is it, every country needs to have borders? How does she put that together? A secure border in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. But it's not a priority. That's obvious. Yeah. That's why we have a record of over 2 million coming in. Yeah. And you don't want to fix it. But this interview went on. With Sleepy Eyes, Chuck Dodd. Yeah, it did. And I, I think this kind of line of logic or questioning is downright offensive. Um, uh, so as this interview is going on, Chuck Todd brought up the 21st anniversary of the September 11th attacks. And he actually tried to tie that to the so-called threat of MAGA Republicans. <laughs> How disgusting is that? It, it really is, man. I mean, it, it, on one hand, it's laughable. And the other part of you can get so ticked off that they actually try to do this. We're now as a nation battling a threat from within. Is the threat hmm. equal or greater than what we faced after 9-11? That's an interesting question. Um, I have held many elected offices as district attorney, attorney general, senator, now vice president, and there's an oath that we always take. Oh, here we go. Which is... Time out for a second before we get into her nonsense on the question itself. Yeah. Okay. What sort of intel do we have that the threat within, okay, is going to take down buildings and kill 3,000 people? What is that threat exactly? It's a good Anybody? question. Well, no, I mean... There isn't. Oh, it's a yeah, rhetorical question, yeah. Yeah, right. Well, what, what is the threat here that's going to propel the United States into 20 years of conflict in the Middle East? Right. Yes. Are there a bunch of white supremacists that uh, want to get into jihad? Something that I don't know about? What is this white supremacist threat they always speak of? What they, do these people want to do? Well, I don't even know what the plan is. The they, supposed plan. They because call, there isn't one. Well, they, they call it yihad, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's a clothing line. <laughs> <laughs> It's the biggest load of crap you've ever heard in your life. All right, go ahead, uh, Mamala. Which is to defend and uphold our Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. We don't compare the two in the oath, uh -huh. but we know they both can exist, and we must defend against it. In fairness, that was one of those moments when Kamala Harris... I think there is like this tiny shred of her own personal dignity and, and sense of self mm -hmm. that was there that realized how ridiculous that question is. And that honestly is where like middle management consultant brain comes in really handy. Okay, we're just going to keep this vague. Yep. We're not going to really say anything. That is mm -hmm. where Kamala Harris excels. And I think she really leaned into that skill set. Well, when she was asked this, question. that honestly, in its essence, is McGurkin. Yeah, 
It's a bunch of words, but you really don't say anything. But at least that had like some left or right logic to it. You know, it didn't. It it wasn't circular like a lot of the stuff she does. Right. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm not, I'm not giving her credit. I'm not patting her on the back, but that was not as, as disastrous as 99 percent of well, the other things she does. Yes. To be honest, okay. Now I feel like we got to define McGurkin. It's your term. Well, it's yeah. It's, okay. Most of Kamala's stuff is nonsensical. Yeah, it is. It's just one, you know, one phrase after another, and she repeats herself incredibly, more than I've ever heard anybody well, in my she, life. She thinks it's profound. Y- yes. That's what she thinks. Yes. I, you know, there are many... Well, since we were just talking about root causes of why people come here, let, let's enjoy that one more time. Just for, is this McGurkin? Is it circular? What is it exactly? What we must do to address the root causes of migration, to address the root causes. The issue of root causes is not going to be solved in one trip. To address the root causes as though it's something that can be dealt with overnight. To feel the effects of those root causes on our shores. And the root causes are based on the problems and the challenges that people are facing in countries like Guatemala which is why I was there. We have to address the root causes. All right. In my own mind, I am clear now. That is McGurkin. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is. Yeah. And, and that is a whole lot of nothing. But it sounds profound exactly. to the See? untrained ear. Yes. And when you hear you go, wow. Ooh, wow. That sounds mm. profound. Mm. That is her stairway. Right there. <laughs> that's like side one, cut one of her greatest hits. I mean, that, that's it. <laughs> I feel like I was sick all day yesterday, and now I'm laughing. Yeah, well, I'm coughing. Know, nobody knows what bustle in your hedgerow means. Either. No, right. It sounds but good. It sounds great. Yep. Spring clean for the main queen. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. So, yes, uh, that was something that Chuck Todd asked that question. We'll, we'll get to more of that coming up a little bit later on. Um, but this Duke University story still rolls on, doesn't it? Yeah. Can you summarize so, this, David? So there was a volleyball player from Duke University uh, during a, a match that was held at Brigham Young University. She claims that every time she went up to serve, someone in the student section was yelling a racial slur at her. And in fact, the university, Brigham Young, uh, found the so-called culprit and then banned him, only to later find out that no such thing actually occurred. And, and Was that person even there? No, they they were there. They weren't in the student section, though. Where and, the slur was supposedly right. coming from. And also in the student section were several members of the Brigham Young basketball team who are also African-American. So it seems like if you're watching the live stream of that or any video footage of that and someone is yelling the N-word, uh, they're probably going to have something to say about that. You would think. No one else heard it. And so Brigham Young puts out this statement. They said, oh, well, after this exhaustive investigation, we have found that no such incident can uh, occurred, or we don't, we don't have any evidence of it. Well, but, not only that, they, they took the recording of it and took the announcers off the recording so they could just hear the crowd. Yeah. There's nobody, no N-word. There's, not, there's no racial no. slur anywhere. You can't find it. That's not good enough for Duke University. Uh-uh. Did you see what Duke said now? Yeah. Mm. Well... The 18 members of the Duke University volleyball team are exceptionally strong women who represent themselves, their families, and Duke University with the utmost integrity. 
we unequivocally stand with and champion them, especially when their character is called into question. Duke Athletics believes in respect, equality, and inclusiveness, and we do not tolerate hate and bias. Oh, gosh. Hashtag hate won't live here. So you're saying BYU's a bunch of liars. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what they're saying. Yeah. Duke, Duke University, just as an institution, doesn't have a great reputation when it comes to getting things right. No, they do not. Talk to some old lacrosse players about that. Yeah, that was that was the old reversal, wasn't it? Yeah. Did they come back? Did Jesse Jackson ever apologize to those lacrosse players? Yeah, yeah, he did. Sharpton, he ever apologize? Yeah, no, uh, no. Really? No. Because they were wrongly accused. Well, Jesse Smollett will be the commencement speaker this year at Duke <laughs> University. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Man, there's a lot to get to today. Um, <laughs> Yamiche Alcindor, if you followed her you know, for any amount of time, she's got some other line of BS that you will not believe straight ahead. The Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I know we're all dealing with our own issues. Like you have your own personal life going on. You have your work life, and then you're following what's going on in the world, right? Yeah. And you see a story about the midterms and you know what is really getting people out to vote. And you, you don't even know who to trust anymore to give you the info. Thank goodness we have you, Michelle Sender. <laughs> Jeez. And people like yeah. her to let us know what's really on voters' mind. Because she's one of the people, and she goes oh, out right. and talks oh, to yeah. just regular sure people is. all the time. Yeah, you absolutely. know that. Um, I mean, just because she's been with, you know, public broadcast and now NBC, these cushy gigs, doesn't mean she's not, you know. She's with one the, with the people. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So she is saying... And this issue has come up 90% of the time for her when she's out there on the campaign trail covering news, and it's going to be a big deal as far as the midterms. And 90% of the time, what people are telling you, Mish, is most important more than anything else is abortion. <laughs> yeah, people freak out. Yeah. Okay. Man, that was loud in my ear. It was. Wow. Yeah, that was that, was that Ruth Bader Ginsburg woman that... That crazy person that freaked out when she died. Yeah. Because she was afraid of losing abortion rights. Anyway, um, you know, you look at every single poll, and that's not even close. No. No. It's, it's actually it's actually behind climate change. Yeah. It's like 8%, most important for 8% of the people. Yeah, I, I think there are people who get into uh, circles and into their bubbles who, who think, yes, this is what most people are are worried about right now abortion is what most people are worried about and depending on the state depending on the congressional district that you're in maybe that would be something that drives folks to the polls but it is not in a broad sense a general electorate issue no 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 the people that are screaming about abortion rights they are loud they get a lot of attention but that doesn't mean it's most important to voters. Goodness gracious. And they are really freaked out still about that whole thing. Did anybody tell most of the people in America that abortion wasn't outlawed 
that it just went to the states? Yeah. They, of course, everybody knows that, but they don't care. I'll bet you, if you polled people, you would be shocked to find out how many think. Well, they've outlawed it everywhere. That's what they want to do. They want to outlaw yeah. it everywhere. That's possible, I suppose. It's pretty crazy. There's another story out there that's pretty interesting, and it's records on Jeffrey Epstein and the question of whether or not the FBI is hiding some of these records. David, you're somewhat familiar with this story. Yeah, so there, there's a guy online. He says he's a lawyer, very popular, gets into the conspiracy theory stuff a little bit. Uh, Technofog is, is what... He goes by, and it's a solid name. Yeah, yeah it I is. like it too. Yeah, and <laughs> he's like put in mobile DJ Freedom of Information Act requests. <laughs> the I'm, mobile DJ line got me. <laughs> he's he put in the FOIA request to the Justice mm-hmm. Department to try to get some information about Jeffrey Epstein, you know, the billionaire child sex trafficker who <clears throat> killed himself. Come on, the Queen right. of England had him killed, but we all know that. Wow. Uh, uh, but he's put in FOIA requests to get information about some of the interviews that the FBI may have done with him, and they have said no, because it has to do with an ongoing law enforcement action. Okay, how long does that take? Uh, could be a long time. You know, you wonder, is somebody actually working to find out more information and then bring to justice any of his uh, colleagues, any of his customers you don't know and I, I i sincerely doubt it because it took so long to get epstein himself behind bars but you know there there, there is also out there the notion that he was a, a an intelligence community asset what does that actually mean does that mean he was a james bond in reality no but if he's got the goods on very powerful people i'm sure our intelligence community would absolutely look the other way on the illegal things he was doing and say hey help us get some information it's wild, man. There's so much about that we just do not know. Still, and who knows if we'll ever know it. We'll have to get to today. Who said we need new laws to keep Donald Trump from becoming president? That and much more coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, the millennial David Van Camp, and the sexy boomer Scott Robin. Yo, man. Um, Kamala Harris did an interview with Sleepy Eyes Chuck Todd. There's a reason she doesn't do too many of these. God, I was surprised, actually. Well, it's a lot of cleanup. Now. Even with Friendly Fire Chuck. Well, I, they're both going to say nonsensical things. You know that. Oh, yeah. So what part are we going to hear now, David? Well, this is actually from a fundraiser that she did with oh. the uh, Democratic Party. Uh, and she says she can't wait to get to a point where Democrats can just do whatever the heck they want. So this is at a uh, Democrat Party fundraiser. She was talking about the filibuster. Currently, to pass legislation or most legislation, you need 60 votes in the Senate. So if you have a narrow majority, you have to work with the other side. That's the basic idea mm-hmm. of this. Uh, by the way, the Democrats used the filibuster like a record number of times during the Trump years. But now they're all against it because reasons. Uh, here's Kamala Harris. Um, some of the historians here may know I actually broke John Adams' record of casting the most tie-breaking votes in a single term. <laughs> How about that? Knee slapper. Okay. We've all asked for a long time. Any accomplishments? There you yeah. go. See? We've, but, we've all been told what an accomplishment is. But, 
but but here's the thing is that that's actually a sign that they've been passing terrible legislation that can't get anybody on board yes i know well, I think the they, reality they, is she still has no accomplishments. Right. I, I mean, they, they grooved her that last one to break the record. <laughs> <laughs> she goes on. How about that? Yeah, how about that? Combo? And so, that being the case, I cannot wait to cast the deciding vote to break the filibuster on voting rights and reproductive rights. <clears throat> I cannot wait. Who doesn't have the right to vote? I don't know. No. I'm so tired of this. Oh, de- de- I'm so tired of this. What what Democrats have been pushing for since Joe Biden took office is basically codifying the cluster that was the 2020 election. They That's want, the only way they're going to win. They want to gut voter ID laws. They want to federalize elections. And mm-hmm. so they get to rig the game for themselves. That's the goal here. Yes. Absolutely. Quite a weekend for Kamala. Do you see... Uh, her daughter-in-law showing her nipple over the weekend. Okay. What? Her daughter-in-law was showing her nipple. Showing her nipple. Yes, sir. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, you didn't hear about that? No, I did not. That hear was on about the runway. This. Some model show. Did you see it, David? No, I the didn't. News coverage of it. Their daughter-in-law or the uh, stepdaughter? Daughter-in-law. Dude, I got that confused before the start of the show today. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, yes. I think stepdaughter. Yeah, stepdaughter. The ones, the ones that called her mamala. Yeah, that's where yes. this came from. Yeah, well, okay. Yes. Yeah, it was it was one of those weird things where as soon as her mom be or her stepmom became the vice president of the United States, she became a professional model, and people wanted to remember she did the thing with the the hairy armpits. Yes, remember that? It just mm-hmm. really yeah weird. I think it was the New York Post that had this story. I saw it in there. It it was all pixelated out. It was some runway thing where, if I'm to paint the picture, it's. Like uh, this piece of material that kind of crisscrosses across the chest, mm-hmm. but it's loose fitting, so the boob kind of hangs out on one side. But it was only on one side. But I think it was on purpose. It wasn't like there was slippage one way. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think it was cockeyed on purpose, not <laughs> accident. This may have been maybe the first time where you're telling me about something like this, and I have zero interest in seeing it. Well, I didn't either. Dude, it's not like I Google man, Kamala's stepdaughter nipple. It's that was in the New York Post. <laughs> she's got her. She's got a fashion line now. Does she? It's huge in uh, Ukraine right now. I bet it is. <laughs> <laughs> Along with the Hunter Biden crack pipes. <laughs> yes. Oh, Designer crack pipes. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Um, all right. The question was. Who said that we need new laws to keep Donald Trump from becoming president? Oh, uh, it's election denier and far left Democrat Jamie Raskin. Oh, God. He so says, that dude. Look, we need to we need to change the laws in this country to stop Donald Trump from being president. Um, <laughs> again, these are the people who think they are saving American democracy, or who at least say that they think that. Right. Yeah. Okay. We'll enjoy this together. Well, obviously, we're going to need some legislative changes um, to the criminal code to account for now the possibility of presidents just taking uh, a headlong rush at uh, seizing hmm. the presidency. What? What is he what? talking about? We already talking about running for president. We already have that, but no, I think I think he's talking about like January sixth. Though the fact that we think Trump is bad, but we're not able to prosecute him for anything. Got it. So you can have two terms unless yeah. we don't like you. Then you right. can only have one. Got it. 
Okay. That makes sense, well, Jamie. We have to look at the way that the electoral uh, system itself is vulnerable to yep. strategic bad faith actors like Donald Trump. The Electoral <laughs> College is an accident waiting to happen, and we have to deal with that at some point in <laughs> <Yeah>. American history. <laughs> okay. It, it, it's exhausting it's after a while. Serious these people. clowns. Just it is. Yeah. No. And, and their side. Don't even pay attention to a guy like that, to be honest. It's just nonsense. Man, I saw this story. You know, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, paying somebody else's student loan debt and just universities charging exorbitant, amount, uh, exorbitant amounts of money. But they're not called to the carpet to say, hey, you should be chipping in paying ten grand for all these people yeah. that took out loans to get worthless degrees. No, we don't want to do that because the pipeline continues. As far as universities, a lot of think tanks in D.C. And, I mean, you you have like a never-ending flow of cash that goes back and forth between the entities. They don't want any of that to change. So I saw where Ohio State University, oh, scratch that, the, the Ohio State University. I thought it was just a Ohio State University. <laughs> <laughs> they spend uh, some money on diversity officers. You know how much? Anybody want to take a guess? On diversity officers, plural. Yes. So this would be like a division of the Ohio State University. Um, like total. Two million. Two million? Yeah. I'll go five. Uh, Got to go higher. Ten. Got to go higher. Twelve. Thirteen million. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Holy On diversity smoke. and equity officers. Yes. Okay. And what so is going on here? I look at the story, and then I'm scrolling down, and then someone posts the University of Michigan's diversity, inclusion, and equity bureaucrats for the 2021-2022 year and how much these people make. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Yeah, I am. I think. Um, I got 41 listed. We'll start with the top five. Okay. Um, we have the vice uh, vice provost, that is Robert Sellers, vice provost, equity and inclusion. That's the department. Uh, the salary is four hundred thirty grand. Holy mackerel. Daddy-o. Then we have uh, Tomiko Kim. Uh, is it Hassan? It's very small print. Mm-hmm. Um, special advisor to the president. Uh, that's the Office of Institutional Equity. Mm-hmm. That gig pays two hundred forty grand a year. Then the associate dean, that's David Brown. The department is the office for health equity and inclusion. That's two hundred twenty grand. Uh, Tabia Chavo Sellers, mm-hmm. I'm doing great with these names. Is the program director uh, for the Department of National Institutional Diversity. Mm-hmm. That's one hundred ninety-six grand. And then coming in fifth. The diversity, equity, inclusion manager uh, in the Department of College of Engineering—that's 190 grand—and it just goes on from there. Like, if you want to just scoot down the list, that's uh, my lucky number, 21. That would be uh, Kirsty Shroby. Yeah, Kirsty Shroby. Um, equity, civil rights, Title IX. She's the director. Yeah, here we go. 139 grand. Yeah. Yeah. You just can't put a price tag on yeah. a quality college education and experience. I'm telling man, you. man, I'm in the wrong business. 
It just really... goes on and on with all these gigs. I just think, you know what, man? I there's there's some days where it's like, you know what? I'm just going to quit doing this show, and I'm going to pretend to have like seen the woke light and just do the university, you know, circuit for a couple sure. of years. Former yes. conservative talk show host now says he was wrong about everything. Oh, dude, you could go on all the MSNBCs yeah, exactly. and all those places. Just do that for a couple of years, make a, make a pile of cash, write some stupid books, you know, White Fragility, the more fragile version or something. I don't know. Yes. And then, <laughs> and then after a couple of years, made enough money, then just tell everybody I've played him for saps. I don't think I can do that because I, I don't think my, my soul is empty enough for that. Right, but yeah. I, there, sometimes it's really tempting when I see what these salaries are at these universities. And the, the scary yeah. part to me, and I, was, I texted you all about this over the weekend. I can't go into too many specifics, but uh, was having a conversation with somebody who is serving in a branch of the military. Mm-hmm. And this person is responsible for training people who will go into combat. Yes. And one of the things that they have to do fairly regularly is sit in on these DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion seminars, and they're always run by civilians, by somebody from a university, and everybody's got to sit through it. And everybody hates it. Everybody he works with, <laughs> his commanding officers, you know, they're all, ro- in, in, including one who is African American, says, yeah, I know it's BS, but we have to do it because the brass tells us we have to do it. Okay, again, these are people tasked with training folks who will be going into combat. Yes. Or at least that's a, that's a possibility in their futures, that they will be in a combat situation. And they're learning about what Robin D'Angelo has to say, or Ibram X. Kendi. They're, they're, they're learning critical race theory and trans nonsense instead of actually learning how to do the job. Yes. And then they get out of the session and make fun of it yeah. amongst themselves. Right. And the scary part is that eventually there are going to be younger right. recruits who come in. And, I mean, these, some of the people that I've talked to about this kind of stuff, you know, they're, they're in their 40s. They're gonna. They're they're taking their retirement off ramp as soon as possible, and that is. I mean, I I totally understand it. I'm not critical of that. I get it. You want to get out because uh, this is the kind of stuff your career has been reduced to. But this is the kind of stuff that's really dangerous moving forward because there is nobody, nobody stopping the flow of wokeness in the military. No, no, no it's it's gone into all facets of life. And it just takes enough people to stand up and say, no, we're not doing this anymore. What do you, I mean, what do you do for the $430,000? What do you do? <laughs> Are you going back to the college? I know. I mean, that's what troubles me the most. Well, and... I can take a stab at it. Okay. Okay. But put me on a shot clock here because I know we got to get to other stuff. All right. Okay. If you remember this a few years ago, there was a story out of Illinois State University about there was accusations of racism because the volleyball team and some other group were going to meet at the same place at the same time, but instead of just saying, hey, it was a problem with the schedule, it was was racist because the other group was black. And so there were all these initiatives being put forth and all these special committees to address this problem of systemic racism. And at the time, I even looked up this story. It's wiped from Internet, but I found the original source. And it was the university president had announced the creation of a new position to move diversity initiatives forward on campus. 
naming this professor, Doris Houston, as the interim assistant to the president for diversity and inclusion. Yeah. Okay. Now this is, and I, dude, this McGurkin is unreal. It's so delicious. But as far as what would you do for the money in this gig? Yeah. Well, the assistant to the president for diversity and inclusion will be responsible for collaborating with the university's vice presidents on such areas as strategic plan development and implementation, faculty, staff, and student recruitment and retention, and professional development through a lens of diversity, inclusion, and social justice. Oh, my gosh. So I don't. I still don't. Can you know. tell me what exactly you do? Do you, no. organize, do you just meet with people and talk no. about crap and say hire those people no, the, and bring them on? The shorter version of this is this is part of a broader plan to destroy America. Yes, you will be exact, a soldier exactly for the communists who are trying to take down America. So you organize the diversity and inclusion 10K. Well, you're also <laughs> yes. Well, running and then is racist. You're going to oversee the systemic review of the campus climate implementation task force. All right, whatever. I'm not making that up. That That's what it says. Wordy. And salad. work as a liaison to the diversity and inclusion council. The role will support centers and programs on campus geared toward populations that are underserved and connected through affinity groups. You can't put a price tag on that, no. or if you can, it's probably 300, 400 grand. <laughs> you just get so tired of listening to the description, you go like, fine, fine, whatever. Oh, this is something. A California Democrat says, hey, someone stole my guts. <laughs> that and much more coming up right here. Yeah. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, who's the Democrat that said somebody stole my gun? Yeah, well, it's Democratic Congresswoman Karen Bass, currently oh, running no. uh, to be the next mayor of Los Angeles. And something weird happened. Someone broke into her house and stole two handguns from her. Now, I don't know if those were her only guns or if they just found the, the handgun stash or, or what, but they just said two handguns. Her statement reads in part, uh, at this time, it appears that only two firearms, despite being safely and securely stored, were stolen. Cash, electronics, and other valuables were not. It's unnerving, and unfortunately, it's something that far too many Angelinos have faced. Um, they weren't very securely stored if someone was able to walk out with them. That's my whole question. Safely stored. You're talking about, like, in a safe? Yeah. How'd they get in? Well, I sometimes what'll happen is like with those smaller handgun safes. Yeah. People don't either mount them to the wall or mount them to something solid, so people will just pick up the safe and leave. Okay. So they just, just figure out safe. how to get it right. open later. Yeah. Don't don't worry about that. Just grab the safe and go. Is that what she's saying? I guess that's what it is. Although again, I would say if you if you have a free floating handgun safe, those guns are not secured. Right. You, somebody knew it was there. I mean, somebody targeted the. I mean, they left everything else there. Yeah. They took nothing else. Could be. Just but, took the guns. You know, it just depends on what kind of safe it was. Something about this stinks. I do, I do feel that. But it, it's not uncommon for a burglar to break in and go directly to, like, a master bedroom closet. But there's no jewelry in there. There's nothing else they take. Just safe, gone. Apparently so, yeah. So what so, do you really think is going on here, David? Won't hold you to it. Just what you got. Um... Gut reaction, if I'm, you know, gut reaction is that something happened to those firearms and she's trying to cover the bases. Are you ready? Jamie Markley.
David Van Camp and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Show, Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You know, if you ever have a big house party and then there are people that are showing up that weren't invited, there's only one way to handle that issue. Hmm. You need to give away more free beer. Well, well, I've often said that, yes. That's what Kamala Harris told uh, a bunch of people over the weekend, I do believe. Yeah. Well, we have this ongoing crisis at the border with record numbers of people trying to get in. Uh, and a record number of people dying as a result as well. Uh, now, on Meet the Press, Vice President Kamala Harris said, hey, the solution, don't you know, is to offer citizenship to people who come here illegally. That would solve the crisis at well, the border. That wouldn't invite more people to come on. Right. Maybe free beer at the border, too. There you go. And hot wings. There you go. <laughs> who doesn't love that? We have a secure border in that that is a priority for any nation including ours and our administration but here's the problem we don't see that's why we have a crisis kamala but there are still a lot of problems that we are trying to fix given the deterioration that happened over the last four years we also what problems could there be if the border's secure just asking have to put in place what a, 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 a law and a plan for a pathway for citizenship. Why? For the millions of people who are here and are prepared to do what is legally required to gain citizenship. But they came here illegally. <laughs> they didn't do the legal thing. Correct. I guess in some sort of weird way, there's a logic to it, is that there is no such thing as an illegal immigrant if you just give people citizenship. I mean, it doesn't solve the human catastrophe that's happening not only at our southern border but Mm -hmm. throughout mexico throughout central america with the cartels human trafficking organizations it doesn't do anything to solve that in fact i mean you're just giving cartels billions of dollars by offering citizenship to people but Mm -hmm. uh but technically you don't have an illegal immigrant problem if everyone who steps foot within our borders and then eventually quote unquote does the work Give them citizenship. Eh, this no is problem. like this is like the first Woodstock. So many people showed up. They just went, "Okay, come on in. We got too many. Here. We can't take care of everything. No tickets. We don't need any tickets. Come on in." Okay, that last part. And there, there's more to this, but she said, "What is legally required to gain citizenship?" They're willing to do it. The way you show up, at, I'm willing to drink your free beer. <laughs> I am. I will take it upon myself (laughs) to do that. It's what kind of stand-up person I am. Thank you. We don't have that in place because people are playing politics. In a state like this and in Congress, on... By the way, you want to talk about bipartisanship on an issue that... No, I don't want to. At one time was a bipartisan issue. We're, We're not talking about bipartisanship. We're talking about the border that you say is secure, but we have issues that need to be dealt with. That makes no sense to anyone. (laughs) Goodness gracious, man. 
Yeah, that's that's going to solve the problem. I'm going to say it in a very measured tone, so I sound really smart when I say it. Well, and impassioned. Yes. If you have that confused look on your face when you say it. Yeah. Okay. A uh, teacher in Texas got fired and should have been fired, so this is good news. Yeah. High school teacher in El Paso has been fired after she was caught on video defending pedophiles, is what it sounds like. Uh, Amber Parker taught English, and this was the quote captured and put out on social media. Okay, roll it. We're not going to call them that. We're going to call them maps. No. Minor attracted persons. No. So don't judge people just because they want to have sex with a five-year-old. Oh, oh my God! I can't believe what I just heard. This is in a classroom. Yeah. Oh my God! So. So board trustee, uh, school board trustee, oh my gosh. Daniel Call initially said that the teacher's comments were taken out of context. Instead, she was, this is what the initial excuse was, uh, pretending to advocate a position she didn't actually believe in order to challenge the students in preparation for them reading the, up, or the book, uh, The Crucible. So it was like this sort of, this, almost philosophical conversation, devil's advocate, whatever you can think. But then uh, in an interview with KFOX, after the board voted to Booter, uh, the board trustee said, well, there were more things that the public may not know about that was included in the closed findings. Because, yeah, you, you can wonder what is the context, but that said, you know, kids don't just always have their phone rolling, you know, video. Uh, right. A student took the video of this, presumably. Mm-hmm. So I assume, at least, I think it's fairly safe to to assume, considering even somebody who was defending her turned around and said, okay, never mind, I'm not going to defend this, that something else was going on leading up to that particular video being captured. Something prompted a student to bring out the phone and secretly record what she was saying. Wow. <laughs> Man, I'm stunned. I yeah, uh, that last part. Well, the the thing that gives me hope, that makes me feel good about the whole thing, is there's a few kids that are saying, no, no, yeah. we're not doing this. We're not going to call them that. We're going to call them maps. No. Minor no. attracted persons. No. So don't judge people just because they want to have sex with a five-year-old. Okay, we're so far behind. Math science a number of subjects when you're looking at the world is that even necessary but we're number one with maps (laughs) (laughs) golly geography has changed since i was in high school holy smokes man yeah i mean if your kid came home from school and said you wouldn't believe what the teacher was talking about today wouldn't you tell him i'll record that record it we got to get that person out of there they're damaging yeah. people. Get them out. Oh. I, I, I think we've kind of skipped over the cameras in the classroom thing uh, as a society too quickly. You know, if we're going to have body cams on every officer, something I support, I think that's a good thing. Sure. We should have cameras in the classrooms. What is the biggest pushback against that? Because we heard this a lot during the COVID yeah. lockdowns. I think uh, they brought up student privacy concerns, right, minors which, being, which I can yeah. understand that, but you can also just point a camera at the front of a classroom. Yeah, to me, that wasn't even an argument because yeah. it was solved with that 
Yeah. <laughs> Very statement. Oh, it's just focused on the teacher at yeah. the front of the class to see what's being taught in there. Yeah, if you got nothing to hide, why worry, right? Well, sometimes I think people forget this. It, it's so simple. They're our kids. Yeah. You're teaching our kids. They're not your kids. Yeah. You say they're your kids. A lot of the teachers, well, my kids, I know what's best for my kids. They're not your kids. Yeah. Well, well I, I think all the same arguments that are made in favor of police, uh, body cameras, dash cams, things like that could be made for the educator. Like, let's just playing devil's advocate. I believe that there was some justification in this woman in El Paso being fired. But let's say that was taken wildly out of context. Okay. Well, if you had a camera in the classroom, you'd know that. You'd be able yeah, to present it. Here's what the conversation was. This is why this 18-second clip that made social media or made the rounds on social media is misleading. Here's what led up to it. Just like we've had this conversation for years about body cameras with cops. Well, if the cop did nothing wrong, they should want to have video evidence of whatever interaction happened. Correct. So if in this case, 30 seconds later, teacher said, listen, personally, I think that's crazy. But for the sake of the argument, I'm saying there are people out there that say don't judge someone because they want to have sex with a five-year-old. I don't believe that. Yeah. Then you're right. But they would want that out there because that would be their evidence. Uh, Joe Biden was out speaking today. Yeah. Uh, David, you have a clip. I don't know what it is. Uh-huh. It, um, it, it's just he was somewhere speaking and this yeah. is the United States Camara for God's sake. Oh, that's a fresh one. Is that yeah. a new Chevy? <laughs> United States Camara. Yeah. <laughs> okay, when when he's really trying to hammer home some sort yeah. of point, this is sort of a go to and he loves to say for God's sake. And this is the United States of America, but this seems to be problematic time and time again now. Well, that was really... I think that was worse than the one that we've highlighted for a while. Oh, the steaks one? Yeah, everybody loves steaks. Yeah, I know. Well, that's yeah, crazy, but it was... This is the United States of America, for God's sake. Yeah, like you're eating steak. But this is of Camara, I think. Mm-hmm. Is he thinking Kamala Harris got a new sports car, the Camaro, and he combined yeah, them? Maybe. This is the United States of America, for God's sake, <laughs> I think actually he just, uh, it's, it's really sad that he did this. He broke the news, but uh, New Orleans Saints running back uh, Alvin Kamara <laughs> is actually starting a steakhouse, and that's what he's going to call oh, it, the United that, Steaks of Kamara. That makes yeah. sense now. This is the United States Kamara, for God's sake. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Pitt and Kamara. Freaking right. All right. Oh, did you see in San Francisco people are freaking out because of the splooting squirrels? The what? <laughs> The splooting squirrels. Splooting? Splooting. What's are you that saying, mean? are we going to take you to school and explain what splooting is? I'm not sure I know what splooting is. Oh, we need to get to that. And a news update straight ahead right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer. David Van Camp's the millennial, the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. Uh, so credit card companies are ready to start tracking gun purchases. Yeah, th this is frightening stuff here at this point. Uh, so there's an international standards body that has now approved the creation of a merchant code for gun retailers uh, that follows pressure from activists who say, well, this will help track suspicious weapons purchases. Okay, look, if you're buying a gun to commit crimes with it, I guarantee you you're not breaking out the Amex. 
Okay? Right. That's absurd. I, I like this international standards body. Yeah. Uh, it's Thank the, you, World Economic Forum. Right. It, it's the uh, sub, uh, well, it's the International Organization for Standardization. Uh, so what's called a merchant category code has been created for firearm stores. And Visa, on Saturday, the world's largest payment processing company, announced, yeah, we're going to start categorizing. We're going to be adopting these things. So if you go buy ammo, if you go buy range time, if you buy a firearm, if you buy anything from anything that is labeled a gun re retailer, you're on a list now. Wow. That, and so the, purp uh, the purpose of these types of codes would be, I mean, think of like you're looking at an Excel spreadsheet and you want to sort by whatever the rows and columns are. This allows somebody to quickly say, okay, how many gun purchases have this, has this person made? You know, and if you see repeated, uh, let's just for the sake of argument, repeated uh, uh, purchases from a gun shop of about 50 bucks. Maybe you're buying a couple boxes of ammo, mm -hmm. something like that. Oh, wait a minute. They spent about 600 to $700 there. Okay, so we can reasonably assume they bought a gun. Yes. Track all of it. Jeez. So you know what it is from here on out. Straight cash, homie. Yep. That's right. Oh, yeah. Straight no, cash, homie. Yeah, Straight that, cash, homie. That's it. If you're buying ammo, if you're buying a firearm, cash. That's it. Yep. Oh, I mentioned these splooting squirrels real quick. What's Not that it's a big, huge story. It's San Francisco. Splooting. Splooting? Is that what you said? Yes. Okay. Well, it's when, in this case, squirrel. Okay, the, the reason they're doing this is because it's hot. So a squirrel will lay on its belly, say on the sidewalk, and then it'll have its like front little arms splayed out, and then its back legs splayed out. Oh, okay. So it could look like they jumped and didn't land, and they just splatted, but it's splooting. It's a little unnerving. It, a little bit. Well, I think in San Francisco, they thought they were hanging out with, you know, some of the drug addicts, and they got a hold of some bad stuff. And now they, that's just the way they look in life, because there are people on the street that look the same way. So you had some of these squirrels that are all splayed out, and they're like, oh, they got wasted. Now, that's not it. It's because it's been hot. Yeah, yeah they're... And that's how they cool themselves. Cooling off their acorns. One might say that, yes. Are they um, easier to, like, did they spook easier or the same? Or you're gonna, They're going to pick them up and eat them. <laughs> well, <laughs> locally, they did put out a little warning um, saying that it's still stay away. Because squirrels do bite. Well, yeah, they do. But if you're looking to help them, yeah, uh -huh. as some people are like, hey, the little guy he looks all like wasted or something. No, he's just cooling himself. So leave him alone. In other they words. said you could give water in a plate-like dish to help keep them hydrated. <laughs> They're going to start a social welfare program called Fans for Squirrels. <laughs> just tiny little electric fans. Yeah. <laughs> My opponent would rather see squirrels <laughs> die on the sidewalk. <laughs> hey, watch out, man. The squirrels, they can turn on you. They will. They attack. Oh, yeah, I know. They. I've never seen one attack a person. You haven't? You've never seen no. video of this before? I, I've seen video. They just guess, jump on I've the never... back? Oh, goodness I've, gracious. <laughs> yeah, out of a tree or something? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, not a big fan. Yeah. Of the squirrel? No, you know I'm not. Well, they're... <laughs> Some of them have been radicalized. Yes, that's and they true. attack. Yeah. And that's the thing. Yeah, how can you tell? 
one that just wants to get along and live in peace and one that wants to attack. Well, you First, tailed activists. Ex- <laughs> extreme vetting is what you need to do. <laughs> um, health news. This happens, it seems like, three, four times a year. But people ask the question, okay, seriously, what is the right amount of exercise to keep yourself healthy? What is determined as Good healthy? Question. Yeah, you get all kinds of different answers here. Yes. And whatever answer you seem to get, Scott, you're like, ah, forget it. Yeah. Yeah, not for me. Anyway. Okay. How are you doing with your workouts? We haven't checked in in a while. You're really doing good? working out as much as I'm just trying to stay active, yes. Okay. The minimum Thanks amount- for asking, though. It's because we care. I know. Um, minimum amount of exercise. Any of us needs about 150 minutes of moderate exercise a week or 75 minutes of hardcore exercise. And you're like, okay, what does that mean? Moderate. People say walking, doing housework, uh, playing golf, playing with your kid. Um, the hardcore stuff is more like running, swimming, other cardio. So 300 minutes a week is an average of just under 45 minutes a day. It's all what you're looking to get out of. That's quick trips. I mean, that's going to the grocery store, man. Whoa. Twice a week. That's it? That's to the grocery store. That's what I do at the grocery store just twice a week. That's a you're put a lot of a lot of steps on going to the grocery store. Okay. Pushing a cart. Listen, I don't want to demean anybody. I'm not saying that's it's all gonna you be do. a sad day when I consider going to the grocery store exercise. I'm just saying, man. That's because you don't go. <laughs> It's true. This is the Barkley Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day, David, is what? Biggest story of the day to me is that Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United States, thinks that the border is secure. <laughs> she actually said that. She says, yeah, it's secure. That, of course it is. Yeah. We, but you know what we need to do to stop millions of people from trying to get into this country illegally? What we need to do is offer those people a pathway to citizenship. Unbelievable. That'll solve the problem. Mm-hmm. You know what happens? And all those people, because who knows? I mean, they've been walking for days, miles and miles, right? Mm-hmm. They get to our country and they find out just going to the grocery store in a car and walking in and getting groceries is actually exercise. <laughs> like, you got to be trapping me here. Really? Are you getting mad at me, Scott? No, just mock all you want. <laughs> that felt a little unnecessary. Oh, jeez. I'm going to read text from last night next in a news update. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Thank you for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Uh, do you want to start with the president here? Uh, sure. Holy smokes. It happened again. What did? The needle skipped the groove in a big way. <laughs> one of our... One of our favorite... Yeah. Someone left a penny on the railroad tracks. I mean, this is crazy. Yikes. Okay, so... One of our favorite clips of Joe Biden's er, stutter, no, his senility, is him saying something to the effect of, you know, we hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created yes. by go, you know the you know the thing. You know, you the, know the thing. The thing. Right. So he tried to quote that again. Oh no. No, no. And no. it's the Titanic hitting the iceberg all over again. Again? Yes. Okay, ro- roll it. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men and women are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable. We've never fully lived up to it. We've never before walked away from it. Uh, walked away from what? You just did. You just walked away from it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'll say at least that part, he just gave up on it and moved, right? Yep. He didn't try to go, you know the thing. 
Oh, he well, he got not. a little further down the road this time. Well, I, it's like uh, the first thing I think of is learning guitar. David, you know this. You learn a lick. You learn yeah. it slowly. Yeah. Before it will really flow, it's a little bit. They call it chunking. A little bit at a time, and he is further down the track That's this right. time, but yeah. still. Down by their crater, we're certain an alien. We've never fully lived up to. It. We've never before walked away from it. It's kind of like that. <laughs> like that. So ba- basically, what happened was he was trying to tackle the uh, "Stairway to Heaven" guitar solo, realized he only knew about half of it, and then went back to the intro. <laughs> So it's bound. The Mel Bay speech in the notebook. Down by the crater, we're certain an alien. We've never fully lived up to. We've never before walked away from it. But then he butchered the intro. Right, he did. Yeah, did that too. Wow, man. Okay, yeah. All men and women created by go you know the you know the thing. Go you know Go you know the thing. <laughs> All right, when it is your president. No. I know. I, I think honestly uh, that's better than giving up. Because the giving up is sad. It's like oh true. no. It, it's like you know, our country is facing these challenges unlike we've never faced before. And I know a lot of people have fear. Are we going to survive all this? And when your leader just outright quits? Your leader, yeah. I don't know that it gives you a whole lot of oomph. You, you know think what like I mean? like a morning show in Finland plays these drops? Some wacky morning show? <laughs> if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to... Anyway. <laughs> See, that's way sad. That's way sad. That's, that is just... That is, that is domination. That's, 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 that sentence just, just, just went out to a three games to none lead in the World Series. Anyway. One more to close it out here. I'm tired. Yeah, I mean, that's like. I have no more fight left in me. It's like the words are coming at him. Like, like, like he's got to, sh- you know, and it's just bouncing off. And you, you, some of them hit, some of them don't. And they just, I can't. Crying uncle. Uncle. Okay. Uh, Kamala Harris. Doing some speeches, talking yeah. with Sleepy Eyes Chuck Todd. What are we about to hear now? David? Oh, yeah. Well, she did this interview on Meet the Press. She was asked about the low polling for the Supreme Court, which, come on, Chuck. No, who cares what the polling is for the Supreme Court? <laughs> They're not elected officials. No. Who cares? Oh, gosh, but, man. But anyway, uh, she was asked how much confidence she has in the Supreme Court. Okay, go ahead. How much confidence do you have in the Supreme Court? I think this is an activist court. What does that mean? It means that we had an established right for almost half a century. Okay, we're going to go abortion again. How long is it going to take her to just say, in her opinion, this was the law of the land and now it's not? I'm guessing 30 seconds, because it's going to be paused out. Here we go. Which is the right of women 
to make decisions about their own body. Oh, same talking As an points. extension of what we have decided to be the privacy rights to which mm. all people are entitled. And this court took that constitutional right away. <laughs> and we are suffering as a nation because of it. But that's... That caught... Oh, okay. Hmm. How are we suffering as a nation because of it? I would love to know how she would answer that question. Well, Chuck won't ask her either. Why? Isn't that the obvious? Mm -hmm. Someone just says something like that. The nation's suffering. How? What are well, you talking about? It did. It did kind of make me laugh because it seemed like she was caught off guard by any follow-up whatsoever. She was ready to right. go with it's an activist court. And then Chuck Todd comes back. Well, explain that. And then she's, w w uh, well, uh, Okay, so yeah, we're at like 25 seconds, and it's still going. That causes me great concern <laughs> about the integrity of the court overall, especially as someone who my life was inspired by people like Thurgood Marshall, the work on that court of Earl Warren to bring a unanimous court to pass Brown v. Board of Education. Okay, so you don't agree with Ruth Bader Ginsburg bad law you don't agree with any of that there's no follow-up man That's so awful it's bad this is the court that once on one sat Earl Warren and Thurgood Marshall <laughs> Sandra Day O'Connor <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh I suppose there is a certain amount of people in the country that see that and go that's oh. I am so proud to live in this country. How can you say that? There how, are how can you, dude? Spend listen to any, that. And... Spend any amount of time on social media and oh. see what people post, and you can see people that might be impressed by what she just said. You know, there's a lot of people I deal with on social media, but I don't know if one that's gone. You know, that Kamala Harris, one of the greatest uh, Americans who ever have lived. No. No, what what you hear more often is that if you make fun of her, it's because you hate a black woman. Well, yeah. that that you get, yeah. Well, you hate it, women first, then you hate black women double. So, yeah, yeah. When you get to that point, okay, you know you're over the target. Don't oh, you remember yeah. that one campus reform and they went out and asked, this was right after she became vice president, and all these people were so proud, but they couldn't yeah. name anything that she's done? Right. <laughs> yeah, it's those types of people. Right. You know, they think they're supposed to say it, so they just say it. Oh, yeah, it's incredible. And she's been oh, working tirelessly for people's yeah. rights. It's incredible. Um, and this is an interesting story about the mayor of New Orleans, David. Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, so the mayor of New Orleans has racked up uh, quite a bill for travel. It's, it's actually more than this, but uh, on flights alone overseas, $30,000 to go to, where was it, Switzerland and France, I think. Wow. So, uh, LaToya Cantrell. For what? Yeah, she flew first class. Uh, the city actually just passed a new law requiring all city employees to find the lowest fares available for travel or reimburse the city. So, I, I don't think she's in direct conflict with that right now because it may have been passed after the trips were made. But it is still a horrible look here. And she says she won't reimburse the city. And get, get this. Uh, it's because... Flying coach for a woman of color is life-threatening, is what she says. 
<laughs> so this was Based a on what? Uh, this was a written statement that was put out by her office. She writes, uh, "My travel accommodations are a matter of safety, not of luxury. As okay. all women know, our health and safety are often disregarded, and we are left to navigate alone. They're not asking you to fly the plane if you're in coach. <laughs> no." She says, as the mother of a young child. Oh, as all as all women know yeah. that it's not safe to fly in coach? I, I, I don't know, man. Some of her, or I think all of her staffers flew coach, actually. She put so, them so in the back. For them. Yeah. It's okay for them. Right. But yeah. they can get into harm's way. Their yeah. lives are not in trouble. Okay, all right, guys. Uh, she goes on. She says, as the mother of a young child whom I live for, I'm going to protect myself by any reasonable means in order to ensure that I am there to see her grow up into the strong woman I am raising her to be. Anyone who wants to. We're not to talking qu- about walking down the streets of New Orleans. We're talking about getting on a plane. Right. You're it- saying once you go past <laughs> first class and you get to coach yeah. as a woman of color, you're putting your life in danger. That's right. <laughs> Holy mackerel. It's just a whole legion of police officers, you know, the mythical kind that just live to hunt black people. That are all right. in coach. They're yes. there. Yeah. Um, she says. What is and, it, a plane full of whiteies that just never tell anybody about it? <laughs> they just off these women of color yeah. and we never hear from them again? She, are you is a that supremacist? What we're, I'm trying to figure it out. It doesn't make any sense. Excuse me, sure. Are you a supremacist? Yes, right this way. <laughs> in coach, yes. <laughs> it's okay. We gave the black lady the middle seat. I mean, what are they talking about here? I don't know. That's such a garbage. I I just want to read this last line here. Anyone who wants to question how I protect myself just doesn't understand the world black women walk in. You're right. Because if you think your life is in danger from walking from first class to coach, I don't understand it. You need to help us all to understand. Because you're full of crap. Jeez, man. I thought the story I was going to get to here was the most ridiculous. That might have been it with the New Orleans mayor. Okay, this was from Daily Wire. I had heard something about a cheating rumor when it came to the chess grandmasters tournament. Really? Didn't know that much about it. Um, But then I saw this headline, and it said, Naked chess and anal beads. Cheating rumor rocks elite world of grandmasters. What? Uh huh. Okay. You want to know this story? Well, now I do. I don't know what chess and anal beads have in common. (laughs) I can't wait to hear this. Well, in the elite world of international chess competition, there is this streak from Magnus Carlsen, 53 straight matches, reigning world champ, lost last week to Hans. Neiman, and I'm probably butchering his name. Mm-hmm. He's a 19-year-old American grandmaster. Okay, and this is in St. Louis. So that caused Carlson, the guy that had won 53 in a row, to withdraw from the ongoing tournament. So people are like, what is going on? And someone, another grandmaster from America, Hikaru Nakamura, said, I think Magnus believes that Hans probably is cheating. And if I'm to read your mind, Scott, it's, you're wondering, how do you cheat in chess? I, I, yes, I am wondering that, yes. 
that somehow you're getting messages from other people that are watching what's happening on the board to give you advice. Oh, like knocking on a garbage can. <laughs> You're talking yeah. about the Astros from yeah, a few yeah. years back. With, yeah, they got they with got Altuve at the chess tournament. Just <laughs> bam, bam, right. bam. Um, so people are like, well, he must have had a compelling reason. Um, so then this chess legend, Gary uh, Kasbroff, said that this has to be explained. He said, I'm not going to delve into the ugly insua- uh, insinuations of the matter now, but must remark on what we do know, that the world chess champion withdrew from the premier tournament in st louis an act with no precedent in the last 50 years and his explanation is required so people are saying okay what did he cheat was there some sort of buzzer because the the kid said i'll play naked if i have to and part of his quote saying that there was something on me that somebody could have buzzed to give some sort of move Mm -hmm. then elon musk out of nowhere, you know, the Tesla CEO yeah. and a big fan of chess made a remark, which I guess is now deleted, which he replied to speculation that a vibrating anal bead could help a player cheat. Like, what is going Dude, on? Th- this is why I stick with checkers. All right. This wasn't in the Queen's Gambit. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, it's like Major League Baseball when they check the glove after the half inning. Yeah. Would this guy have to bend over a table? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it works. I don't know that part, but that's crazy. He was cheating in everything, man. I had man. no idea. Yes. I do like to play chess. It's, it's a great game. Man, never heard of that. Okay. Much more to get to. Oh, did you hear? Well, we got to get to a news update. Netflix is talking about doing away with binge watching. We'll explain. It's Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. We have a secure border. Sure we do. Oh, my gosh. And that's not fentanyl coming up through the border. That's none of that. No. Even though that teenager in California got arrested for bringing fentanyl to school. To school? Causing a supervisor to overdose from exposure. Oh, my. No. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Kid. Holy cow. Uh, was arrested Friday on suspicion of allegedly possessing 150 fentanyl pills disguised as Percocet. That's at a junior high school. Golly. 13-year-old. That's at Chipman Junior High School. Golly. Bakersfield. Terrible. Yes. Uh, Spokesman for the police department said the supervisor did not ingest the pills. However, the drugs are an inhalation hazard. Jeez. So if they got so, crushed up or something, and well, the supervisor was searching the student's bag. Yeah, apparently you just breathe it. Yeah, there it is. Holy smokes, man! Golly. So yeah, he had to be taken to the hospital for treatment. He's in stable condition. Gee, last we heard. Holy cow, dude! Man, it's all man, over oh the man. place. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I mentioned um, Netflix. They're talking about doing away with releasing entire seasons at one time. I think that's a good idea. They said there's so many other competitors, so other streaming services ramping up original content, they're trying to keep viewers engaged for longer. So if you release one every week, yeah. You know. Well, cuz you could have people like watching all of Cobra Kai this past weekend and then canceling Netflix again. Yeah. Who would do that? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. I was going to space it up, man. My wife and my son are like, no, we got to finish this thing. What am I supposed to do? Cobra Kai never dies. You know that. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Well, we face a lot of challenges, but none greater than white supremacy in the United States uh-huh. and sure. these mega, ultra mega Republicans. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're told, right? Yeah. All the time. Yeah. I mean, Joe mm-hmm. Biden just a couple weeks ago did this hate filled speech about mega Republicans and the extreme threat that mega Republicans uh, represent to the very fabric of our nation. Uh, it's interesting, though, because as we've talked about before, the Democratic Party and members within it have spent millions boosting so-called MAGA Republicans in primaries. Because oh, we've talked about this a number of times. They think that'll help them in the general election. Hey, if we boost these guys, we can paint them as extremists and domestic terrorists with help from the commander-in-chief, uh, so we're more likely to win. I, I think that is going to backfire in a big way. Uh, but... You know, we'll see. Uh, Part of that, too, is they're thinking once Trump was back in the news cycle, that's when Democrats started polling better. Yeah. They have to have Donald Trump in the news cycle as an enemy to sort of fire up their base. Well, the weird thing, though, is that if you think it's an existential threat, why would you be helping them at all? Like, use the example I used a couple weeks ago. If you actually thought, let's say that, you know, the group ISIS had like 10 million followers in the United States. And they were running for office. Why would you, if you really thought, you know, that this is an existential threat, no one would give them a dime. You would hope not. <laughs> so much less. Not. You're, you're not going to promote the ISIS candidate. So if you really think that MAGA Republicans are this existential threat, then why would you actually pour money into their campaigns? And it's because, honestly, they are, they are lying to everyone about oh. any sort of threat that of exists. Course. Yeah. They know that. They yeah. don't want to win so much. <laughs> now, Vice President... <laughs> yes. Vice President Kamala Harris was asked if that's the right move. This is from Meet the Press, and Chuck Todd is very concerned about this, by the way. Oh, Chuck. Those people could win. Oh, if you're not careful. I oh. mean, listen, I'm not going to tell people how to run their campaigns uh, you know i i ran in terms of statewide office would you i ran this? i ran, would you have done this is this in your is this something I, you'd be i'm not gonna with? tell people how to run their campaigns chuck i ran for a statewide for attorney general re-election won both times for senate won that race and i know that <laughs> it is Golly. best to 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 let a candidate along with their their advisors let them make the decision based on what they believe is in the best interest of their okay. state. I'm not going to tell Stick people. To You're not worried that this reflects poorly on the Democrats. I think that what we have to focus on is that in 60 days as of this interview, oh, in less than two months, we are looking at a midterm election in which so much is on the line. <laughs> it's, dude... It's like she's prepped by these consultants before she goes and does the interview. 
It's all rehearsed. If she gets off script, it's even more of a disaster. But the thing that the voting public has always disliked about her is because she's such a phony. Mm -hmm. And all of her answers are phony. Even when he says, I'm just asking your opinion, it's sticking to the script. I'm not going to tell someone how to run a campaign. Okay, you'll tell a lot of people a lot of different things, but you won't tell them that. You know, have we ever had an election in the last 30 years that isn't the most important election of this generation? No. I mean, never. We've never had a guy go, you know what? This one really doesn't matter. Vote whoever you want to vote for. See ya. No. No. It's the most important election of our generation. Well, and Chuck is concerned. You could hear it in his voice. They they They, might win. They could win. Sleepy eyes, Chuck Todd. (laughs) He's a sleeping son of a bitch, I'll tell you. Every time I see him now, I think sleepy eyes. Trump was the king of branding. There's no doubt about that, man. No doubt. They could win. Oh, I know. What? Um, Bad news for Joe Biden. But there's all sorts of bad news. Well, one piece of bad news for him earlier. This is the United States Camara, for God's sake. (laughs) I'm still trying to untangle that mess. United States Camara. Stakes Camara. It's not not even really states. It's... Yeah. Stakes. Is it stakes? Yes. Yeah. This is the United States Camara, for God's sake. Yes. Camara. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Do you think there's something else in his mind there? We were trying to figure that out earlier. I don't think we've really landed on anything for sure. What do you mean? What he was thinking when he said that? Yeah, I didn't know if he was mixing up uh, Kamala with Camaro. Uh, uh, you know. State with stakes. Yeah, I don't know. Tell you, He's man. done that before. I mean, steaks is a go-to. It is. Mm-hmm. I guess it's popular. Everybody likes steak, right? No. He just lost the vacant vote. That's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. the green weenie, they don't like that at all. No. Right? Yeah. Trying to do away with all that mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, he had that, and then there was another struggle that he was on earlier. And all men and women are created equal, endowed by their creator. We're certain an alien. We've never fully lived up to it. We've never before walked away from it. Never finished the sentence, bro. Never before have I had a president not finished that sentence. But a new Rasmussen poll shows that a third of Democrats support impeaching Joe Biden. Wow. A third of Democrats. Holy smokes. Well, I mean, You're not surprised by that. Not, not a lot, because they're putting a lot of distance between themselves and him now. Say, no, that's a sunk ship. That's the establishment. You're talking about voters. A third of voters say, yeah, yeah, he should be impeached. I don't think voters want to admit they voted for him either. A third of Democrats, yeah. I don't, yes. I don't think they want to be the one vocally supporting him now. I think they already know that they can't do that with a straight face. But they just dude, can't. Dude, isn't there a huge difference in between saying, I'm disappointed in the job, I wouldn't vote for him again, and saying, yeah, I support impeaching him? Yeah. That's what is surprising to me. Not that... People have buyer's remorse, of course, if they're going to be honest. It's the, no, I support impeaching him. That's the one that surprised me a little bit. should be presidential warranties like car warranties. (laughs) (laughs) Like if it fails after two years, you can send it back. Well, a lot of ways that always happens, isn't it? Isn't that why the midterms always go to the other party? It seems that way. More times than not. Very rarely does it go the other way. Yeah. Uh, There was a little bit of controversy uh, online. Cristiano Ronaldo. Soccer stud mm-hmm. snapped a photo with Jordan Peterson, psychologist, author. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so what do you mean? So you can't do that? P- 
people came out on the hate train online. How could how could Ronaldo do such a thing? Oh gosh. You just can't even snap a picture, put it out there. Hey, how's it going? It was great to meet you. No. No, disgusting. Especially with the sports reporters around the world. Well, yeah, what happened to these people? They're what do just you mean? whiny. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They're just, they are. You're right. The sports reporters? All woke. Them... And... You know, this would be interesting to ask you, David, because you did some sports early on mm-hmm. in your career. Was that in play like 10 years ago? Mm-mm. Or a, no, like a lot this, of sports broadcasters and journalists were yeah. on the woke train. This really does feel like a more uh, recent development. I, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's that way. It's been a long time since I've been in the press box at a uh, at a college football game or anything like that. I do wonder how much of a disconnect there is between the people who are covering the games and then the people who work for networks that are trying to fill pages or or fill airtime. Yeah, you know. Because it seems like ESPN was kind of the start of it, right? And mm-hmm. it was almost like trying to compete with some of the websites that were taking traffic from them, namely Deadspin, at the height of Deadspin's powers. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and so they wanted to be more confrontational, and they thought, well, the best way to be confrontational is to be uh, on the left. Then you know the Kaepernick thing happened, and everybody had to circle the wagons around Colin Kaepernick and never actually address the fact that he was not blackballed because he took a knee. Uh, right, you know that that didn't happen. That was a completely made up thing. Um, I don't know. I, I I do think it's it's very similar to it almost happened at the same time to news media in general pivoting really hard to the left because they thought yeah. that's what the audience wanted. Well, obviously Disney owns ESPN yeah. and ABC, so that's part of it. I mean, you know. I we were talking about it uh, the other day. I used to watch Sports Center quite a bit. I don't even, I don't even watch Sports Center. And if it gets flipped through, it's like are you ever going to learn people don't care about the WNBA. By the way, I saw somebody with a fantasy football bet and I'd yeah. love to give credit. I can't remember who it was. You maybe it's, you saw this too, David. It's the Daily Wire. Yeah. It is it, the Daily the Wire. The Daily and, Wire. They, because sometimes you're in a fantasy football league yeah. and it's punishment for the loser and it's you got to get some terrible haircut. Yeah. You got to do something like that. The loser in this has to go to a WNBA game. Yeah. And sit courtside. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot about the courtside. That's great. Oh man, that's funny. Now you had a piece of audio to play, David. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't uh, even know what it is. You just said, "Man, I got a piece uh, of audio." All right. So this happened in Melbourne, Australia. Okay. Uh, people are riding on a bus, and there's a couple of people. There's a, a man and a woman in the back getting busy. Like, like you're talking, you know, heels to Jesus going on right there. Just in front of everybody. In front of everybody. And so one guy confronts them and says, hey, stop. And you can hear some of the back and forth here. Uh, okay. But it's more his reaction, and part of it's because of the Australian accent. So you won't miss anything. It'll, you won't really be able to understand what the what the people in the back are saying. But okay. you'll you'll get the the gist of what's going on. Listen, brother, you don't f- on the bus, mate. I don't care if you're f- homeless. Don't f- on the bus. I don't care if you've got autism. It doesn't mean f- on the bus. Get the f- off and go f- in the park or something. You f- chat. Have some f- respect for yourself, you f- chatty. F- <laughs> That's good. Are you telling me the argument with someone was autistic? Yes. 
And so he's like, I don't care. <laughs> what does it matter? It doesn't matter that you're autistic. <laughs> Just don't do that on the bus. What is wrong with you? Have some respect. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, man. It's not just the United States. I guess that's the nice takeaway from that one. Um, oh, got to hear Border Sheriff talking about sanctuary city leaders whining about buses of illegals coming to their town. That and much more coming up right here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so you have these sanctuary cities. Say, we're here for the less fortunate. People here illegally, this is a safe place for you. That's right. Okay, we love to serve people. That's right. And then you got some states like Texas and Arizona give them great opportunity to serve. And now they don't like it so much. Yeah, now they're whining about it. Now they're trying to declare states of emergency and whatnot. They called it a public emergency in Washington, D.C., and they've gotten fewer than 10,000 uh, in the district coming from Texas. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's a slow day in Texas. I mean, that, that, it, it is stunning the lack of self-awareness that's on display right now. Well, if we look at the numbers over the last couple of years since Biden's taken office, it's over 2 million, correct? Uh, for one year, yeah. For one year. Yeah. I get the numbers mixed up. But 10,000 in that sanctuary city. Yeah. Emergency situation. Oh, of course. Yeah. That, that's what it is. I, I thought this was interesting. Uh, Fox News Digital talked to a few uh, sheriffs who happened to operate on the border, and not all of them Republican. Uh, okay. And they're saying, hey, they, these the people in the Northeast haven't seen anything. And then the Midwest, obviously, with Chicago. They're not a border town. They don't know what a border town is. I mean, so Texas has sent fewer than 10,000 migrants to D.C. since April, while Border Patrol has so far encountered over 2 million migrants this fiscal year. <laughs> Monthly encounters regularly hitting the 200,000 mark. Wow. And Kamala Harris is out there saying, yeah, border. Yeah, yeah, border yeah. secure. What, what yes. are you complaining about? Okay. This is really something. And I wonder how many people in America know it's going on. I mean, obviously, we're close to the news cycle. We've known it for a long time. If you're just your casual viewer of legacy media, do you even know the problem that exists? Maybe a little bit more because yeah. of these sanctuary cities are, are making a bit of a case out of this. But for a lot of people, they don't know. And yeah. you're talking about even some Democrats in these you know different towns in Texas. Yeah. Dude, you Democratic Congress people that have been saying for a while, we got to do something here. Yeah. But the Biden administration doesn't care about that. No. You know, I, I remember an interview a few months ago with uh, former Homeland Security head uh, Jay Johnson, who oversaw uh, the disaster that happened several years ago under the Obama administration. Remember that? The mm -hmm. unaccompanied minor crisis that was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, you know, we had about, I don't know, 20% of the problem that is going on right now. 
and that was a historic crisis. It, it's it's actually unbelievable because when that was happening under Barack Obama, it that was a big news story. Mm-hmm. To your point, Jamie, if you were just somebody who watched the Today Show, you would yep. you knew about that. Sure, you knew something was happening at the border. Mm-hmm. But right now they don't. And quite frankly, I think it's a little racist of mainstream media to attack a black man during a border crisis, but they won't attack the old white man. Boy, I like the way you think. I'm just saying. You know, good point. Yeah, very racist. Good point. Uh, mentioned this earlier. And where was this from? It's like BuzzFeed. One of the things they actually do okay. Do these little polls, things that people silently judge others for. I had mentioned that. Some people judge people who take their dog to the store and leave them alone in the car. Yeah. If it's hot, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That irritates me. 55 degrees, that's different. But, you know, people well, can argue the on damn that. window. Yeah. Well, they, I'm saying if you crack your window and yeah. you're just going to run in and get a couple of things, the dog likes to ride along sometimes. That's all. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, a lot of people do it mm-hmm. when it's too hot. Um, spitting in public, people said they judge them for. Doesn't it depend on where you are? Yeah. I'm not a fan, though. Like, if you're just in a park and you just, you know, got something. Hey. Yeah. yeah. No? I'm not a spitter, so I don't know. You're a baseball guy. I know, and I never was a spitter, though. Okay. Never chewed tobacco. Really? Nope. Didn't like it. Wow. Burnt when I went down my throat. <laughs> well, you're not supposed I to I know swap. you're not supposed to, but... Okay. Um... Allowing your child to run around and scream at places they shouldn't. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 Silently judge for that. I. Yeah. Si- I. I don't even silently judge. I vocalize <laughs> my judgment. What do you say? Hey, you know, it's adults here trying to eat my dinner, and your kid is screaming. <laughs> I want to be around. I want that on video. Running around the tables. Well, go sit with your mom and dad. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day, David, is what? Biggest story of the day to me is that we have a vice president who thinks the border is secure. And we have a White House who is out there saying they are the sole guardians of democracy while they're also proposing expanding the Supreme Court, getting rid of the Electoral College. Oh, and by the way, I mean, Kamala Harris did say that the Supreme Court is a fraud. Okay, that's actually a threat to, to our nation's institutions what clowns but we don't see it that way apparently we're dealing with so many different levels all right get to that news update and chuck todd asking kamala harris about the threat of mega republicans and then the scott robbins top three stories of the day the trifecta coming up next Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Jen Etcher, the millennial David Van Camp, the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. I like it when he goes out and people say, hey, sexy boomer. It's always funny. It happens. Uh, sleepy guy <laughs> Chuck Todd was talking to the vice president, yeah. talking about MAGA Republicans, you know, big threat to America, MAGA well, Republicans. Uh, it, this is remarkable, though. So they, they sat down ahead uh, or a couple days before the 21st anniversary of the September 11th terrorist attacks. Chuck Todd brought up the anniversary, and he actually tried to tie that 
to the so-called threat of MAGA Republicans? Okay. <laughs> he, he needs to go take a walk. And this maybe, is so, yeah, you know, it's really shameful. It just is. Take a breath for a yeah. minute there, Chuck Todd. All right. Um, go ahead, roll it. We're now as a nation battling a threat from within. Is the threat equal or greater than what we faced after 9-11? That's an interesting question. Um, no, that's a stupid question. No, it's One where you should lose your job immediately. I know that guy's on the ropes as it is. I don't yeah. know if that's an extra woke sort of question to save his job. He should look in the mirror and be disgusted with himself for even saying that. I'm sure he's not, though. I have held many elected offices as district go. attorney, attorney general, senator, now vice president, and there's an oath that we always take, which is to defend and uphold our constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. We don't compare the two in the oath, but we know they both can exist, and we must defend against it. <laughs> okay. Oh, man, is that terrible. And we think about great Americans like you to defend our Constitution. That gives us, well, no, that doesn't give us a whole no, lot of hope, no, to be doesn't. honest. You know what I think is a bigger threat to America, honestly? Our schools. What we're actually teaching kids, because we're not even teaching kids what happened on 9-11, apparently. I was watching some different stuff what? on 9-11 yesterday. Prager U. Dennis Prager's group? Yeah. I do all the educational videos. Kid hosts it. I'm um, talking about 9-11. And to me, this, this is a threat. Everybody knows what happened on 9-11, right? The truth is most of my peers, I was born after 2001, don't. They almost certainly don't know why it happened. Most probably don't even know who did it. Such things aren't taught in schools now. Right. You think about that. Remember, we all said at Whoa. the time, we'll never forget. We're not ever going to forget this. All you got to do is spend five minutes watching the footage again. It takes you right back there that day. And how scared people were really were when it was unfolding because you didn't know what was going to happen next. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Well, and for me, being like a new dad and another one on the way, you're like, what, what kind of world are we going to have? You know, having friends in the military going, what does this mean? You know, how are we going to fight this? And especially at the time, you didn't even know who it was. And then you come to find that out later. But over time, you know, you were kind of getting told different stories. Why do they hate us so much? Well, it's because we're mean to them. And it's addressed in that PragerU video that I thought was pretty interesting. They did not murder thousands of Americans because they disagree with America's Middle East policy. And they certainly didn't do it because they were poor and hopeless. They were all either from wealthy or middle-class Arab families. They attacked America because they despised its values, most especially its freedom and tolerance. Oh yeah, that's right. It's people who did that, they're not exactly the most tolerant type. Yeah. Let's People forget think. that. You know, Here, I'll, there's a little bit left. Okay. The United States, as the guardian of freedom in the West, had to be brought down. This attack would start that process. It would show the world that America was weak, that America lacked the will to safeguard its liberties and people. Bin Laden called America a paper tiger. Of course, we know how we responded to that, mm -hmm. you know, at that time. Not to say there weren't mistakes made, sure. No, we weren't going to lie down. 
But you wonder, where are we at right now? Well, it's interesting you say that because I was watching 60 Minutes last night and I had this thought. They did a whole thing on on the firefighters, Mm -hmm. first responders, the brass that these guys had to do Mm -hmm. what they did. And I look at that and that was 22 years ago, right? 21 years ago. Yeah. And I'm watching this and I'm thinking to myself, my God, man, these were men. These were men who are on a mission. They put themselves before, they put people before themselves. They did the job they were paid to do and did it. And they asked, how many guys didn't want to go up? We're like, I don't know, I can't go up there. None. These guys said, nobody. Everybody went. Right. And I'm like, this is where we are today. I mean, we're wringing our hands and weeping in a corner because somebody made fun of me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. I think there are still people that would absolutely still do oh, it. Sure. I do, But too. I don't know if it was but, as many. Uh, but our military's watching diversity tapes. Right. And, yeah. and they need to be, uh, yeah. you know, make sure that they have their shots before they can, you know. <laughs> I mean, this, yes. the, but it's the world we live in now, right? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I think the warrior class in this country, and, I, and I'd include, you know, it just sort of, uh, hypothetically or whatever, you, you you can throw in the first responder types in there mm-hmm. as well, in addition to military. The the men, the, the guys who are going to go do the work that needs to get done, they exist, and we have more of them than any other major country that's ever existed. The problem is that we have leadership that's that's too afraid to actually use them to their potential and constantly wants to design a system to tell them that they are broken, that they are wrong, that they right, are David, no, that they right. should toxic. not exist, that they're yeah. toxic, all yep. of that. That's the disgrace. And that's how you get the the good dudes out there who are going to go. I mean, and I don't mean this like a, like a uh, faculty lounge idiot, but actually go do the work that needs to get done. That's how you get those guys to say, you know what, screw it, I'm going home. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. When you have generations of family that have served the military and then see how the military are treated right now and say, you know what, I think I'm going to tap out here. I'm not, I'm not going to enlist. Uh, no, I, I, I get it. And, the, and Yeah, that's unfortunate. We've got to change the leadership. But it's just like watching those guys run up that building, brought it all oh, back dude. last night. Oh, yeah. You know? I did. Yeah. Golly. Hundreds. Okay, you ready for your big three? Yeah, let's do let's it. Let's do this. All right. Are you ready? One, two, three. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Well, it's usually a little different. Scott Robbins, top three stories today. Trifecta, always helped by hey, his Casey. hero. I'm Casey Kasem. Yes. My buddy. Yeah, I think he's ready. I'm ready. Of course he had he all is. weekend off, for crying out loud. Three. Okay. Number three, John Fetterman. This is the Democrat running for Senate out of Pennsylvania. Uh, he's running against Dr. Oz, who's the Republican. Uh, John Fetterman had a massive stroke earlier this year, and it was way worse than his campaign said it was. Well, now he's back out on the campaign trail saying, hey, if you point out that I'm startled by loud noises and, uh, you know, flashing lights and can't really put a sentence together, well, you're just being very hateful and mean. No, I listen, I, I have all kinds of empathy and sympathy, and I know how hard you have to work to come back from something. I get it. Yeah, right. But I, I wasn't running for Senate. You know, and and not telling people what was wrong with me, and and not dealing with it. He's not dealing with it. He's got no business running. Well, and, I agree and so with you. yesterday was the nine eleven or Sunday. He was out on the uh, trail at the nine, what they call the nine eleven uh, 
ceremony, and he introduced himself as John Fetterwoman. Get it? Yeah. He's, he's down with the women, too. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but okay. this was the rambling, meandering speech the guy gave. And again, this is a guy who's running to be the senator. Yes, David. And before you play it, I just want to point out, uh, Greg Price is the guy who put this little montage together. I put okay. some like whoosh sounds in there so you knew where the edit okay. points in there were. But this is just some of the highlights put together. All right. Okay. Here we go. All right, roll. You didn't have a doctor in your life making fun of it, making light of it, or telling you that you're not fit to be served. Senator Toomey was not very nice to me. He, Pat Toomey is a miracle. He had a chance, he had a chance to match me up again. Abortion is the ballot now in November. Okay, and again. I feel sorry for anybody who has been a survivor of some catastrophe, medical catastrophe. Sure. I myself am one. I get it. Sure. This guy had a stroke, mm -hmm. and he will not, did not, either volunteer or pushed to move out of the way and let somebody who is mentally capable of handling the job of a senator do it, either through ego or through the handlers around him pumping him up. I don't know who did it. But this is sad. This is sad, and it's wrong, and it should not be happening anywhere. Put a guy out there like this that's in that situation is terrible. Well, and then if you're the opponent, what are you supposed to do? You've yeah. got to point it out, don't you? You have to. You have to. And you don't, you know, I think somebody with his campaign went overboard with saying, like, if he had ever eaten a vegetable, then he right. would not Right, see, that was, see that that's sucks. dumb. Don't yeah, do that. Yeah, that's dumb. But you can point it out. And don't let the media say, oh, that's that's terrible or whatever, because the people who are voting for their next senator deserve to know that this yes. guy can't put a sentence together. No, a thought, a clear thought. I mean, it's 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 incredible. And it sounds worse now than it did a week ago. Or is that just me? I don't know. Yes, that's what I thought. Thank you, Casey. <laughs> We're getting closer and closer to number one. Yes, the Scott yeah. Robbins trifecta, the top three stories of the day, up to number two. Yeah. Yeah. I like the way Casey backs my play. I like well, that. Casey Kasem yeah. speaks better than John Fetterman, and he's been dead for years. <laughs> that is very true. Uh, <laughs> Brian Stelter, who just got the boot from CNN, has a new gig. God, yeah. Get this. Guess, guess what he's going to do? Yeah. He's going into the world of academia. Well, of course he is. Somebody gave that dude a job. Oh, yeah. Not just anybody, either. No. The Shorenstein Fellow. That's what his new that's what his new title will be. He'll be holding a series of public events and community discussions about democracy and the role of media preserving that democracy. That, that's at Harvard. That's at Harvard. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and that's when the tears came. <laughs> he will become a fellow at Harvard, and he will be uh, leading discussions on media in the news world and in the political world. This guy will be. All right, quick question about Threats Harvard. Threats to democracy and the range of potential responses from the news media. This guy is going to be <laughs> teaching people about it. Oh, my gosh. For so, what, 40 grand a year, David? 50 grand a year? Oh, to, oh, to go to Harvard? Yeah, oh, it's got to be more than that. 100 yeah. grand a year? Okay. Yeah, you can, go, you can go learn from a guy who got fired because not enough people wanted to watch him for free. Okay. 
just a quick question. I know you graduate from Harvard. You still, it's like a, a ticket to wealth. Yeah. I get that. But as far as just your common, average, everyday person, the whole thought of Harvard yeah. being held up in such high regard, that's gone. Oh, yeah. No, my opinion is if you graduated from any Ivy League institution after the year 2010, I'm assuming you're a dumbass. <laughs> because so many of the people who come out of that institution lately are complete morons. But they give yes. him a chance to launder his reputation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're giving it to him, right? So here you go. Wow. Okay. Um, unbelievable. All right. Yeah. Well, I w honestly, I had not seen that story, so I'm glad you had that in your trifecta. I never yeah, just know keep that. sending those kids to that Ivy League school. All right. It's Scott Robbins trifecta. Top three stories of the day up to number one. Yeah. Uh, number one, Hillary Clinton had some words about Nancy Pelosi and the late Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, Nancy. Uh, <laughs> Hillary Clinton said, and I quote, I think Nancy Pelosi is the gutsiest woman in politics right now. She has shown through all kinds of turmoil and challenge what it means, pretty much like the Queen. To draw an analogy here, get up every day, put on those high heels and she, that she wears, suit up and fight for the values and ideals that I believe in. Okay. So she's just like Queen Elizabeth, you see. All right. What does she need from Nancy Pelosi? Why is she saying well, that? Well, she might want her on her new show, Gutsy. Come on. That's a joke. So just high regard for Nancy Pelosi. Oh, my God. And there you have it. Thank you for that. Is that a good thing if, if Hillary Clinton says that about you? I suppose in that world, it's not a bad thing. Uh, I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, if she says nice things about Hillary Clinton, do you care? No. No, I laugh at it. Right. Yeah. Or Which the other way around. Why we brought it up, yeah. And that is the trifecta. Okay, news update to get to. And Nimrod's in the news. You never want to miss that. It's straight ahead. David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Robbins, you just had Hillary Clinton part of your trifecta. Yes, sir. Apparently part of her uh, new show with Chelsea. They sit down with Megan D. Stallion to talk about her song with Cardi B. Oh, yes. Wop. Called Gutsy, by the way. That's the name of the podcast or whatever they're doing. Yeah, the show they're doing. Mm -hmm. Chelsea and Hillary Clinton. Uh, but pandering to Megan D. Stallion yeah. about the song Wop. We don't have enough time. Well, That's tomorrow. Yeah. Um, Are you calling in sick? Can't. Um, you got to be here, man. All I will say is I'm I'm glad I've got two kids. I got a boy and a girl because now everything under my belt is just for show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll dissect that as well. Okay. <laughs> I'm mean, sorry, but Hillary Clinton talking about WAP? No. All right. Yeah. Let's just get to Nimrod, shall we, before right. we run into trouble? When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Ian. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. 
Tim Rods, the news. We start in Delaware. Police got a call. Uh, witnesses reported seeing a man drive his car, well, into the ocean. <laughs> Having on Navy Beach. Witnesses quickly ran into the water, helped him out his vehicle on the shore. 48 year old guy arrested for DUI. Also hit with additional traffic violations. Um, he was driving on a beach, not a road. That's how he ended up in the ocean. How hammered do you got to be? You don't see it? Really hammered. Wow. And speaking of driving, then we go to Utah. Parent of an elementary school kid complained when their child came home with a recording on their phone of a driver losing it on some kids that were backseat driving. Apparently, the bus missed the stop, and the kids are like, hey, you missed the stop, whatever. The driver, you can hear it on the audio saying, if one more person says, where are we going, I'm going to shoot him, okay? Jeez. I missed the stop. <laughs> I'm going to turn around. Do you understand? Be quiet. They've been fired. And that's Nimrod's in the news.